Hi, Chingonas. Thanks for joining us for another episode of the podcast. Um, just a warning real quick. There's going to be some jolting language and uh, content in this episode. Um, sexist language, abusive language, and an instance of uh, swatting, which will be kind of loud. You'll hear cops coming in. So just a fair warning of, of what's coming up ahead. This is Kristen Cabrera, and I love video games. I grew up with a Sega Genesis playing Sonic the Hedgehog, and 25 years later, I play Overwatch and Fortnite on my PS4. Growing up with video games seems kind of the norm for a 24-year-old streamer of a color, Katie Thompson. Or if you call her by her streamer handle, Pikachulita. Well, first of all, all, all the girls at the at the, at the uh, podcast, um, when I told them I was interviewing you, they're like, "Oh my god, that's the best name ever!" <laughs> <laughs> well, how did you come up with that name? And then, uh, what got you into into gaming? Um, I always like telling people what my name came from because I feel like people think it's this like really like intricate story or like something really special and it's totally not mm-hmm. um basically um <laughs> i for years um by like friends and family and things like that people just called me like chula chulita things like mm-hmm. that and i love pikachu and so i just put the two together it's super simple <laughs> it's not even as deep as what everybody thinks it may be and i'm just like well just this was something that I was called i love pikachu and we're just and pikachu was was taken i i wanted that was that was my first choice but it was shaken so i was like okay i'm gonna do pikachu mm-hmm. and it just it just stuck and now i don't even have a a, a real name anymore i just <laughs> people don't even know me as katie it's just i get called Pika or Pikachu Lita. I don't. I don't have an. I'm just gonna mm-hmm. legally change my name to Pikachu Lita. <laughs> <laughs> you could, and it would honestly be a really great move. <laughs> and yeah, and so how did you get into gaming? How long have you been, uh, you know, playing video games, and and what got you into it? Um, well, I've man, I've been gaming. I think since I was about five. I mean, for basically mm-hmm. as long as I could actually do it and remember and it was never one of those things that I really fell off of um I did it all throughout elementary school um did it throughout high school into college and um it was just one of it was it's basically always been my my biggest hobby um that was when I was in elementary school my my grandpa my late grandfather used to um reward me with my good grades because um, I was always really good in school and I ended up like graduating high school valedictorian and everything like that but I was always at the top of my class so mm. he would always um reward me by taking us like Walmart or Best Buy and getting us like whatever we wanted like in terms of, like games and stuff so he <laughs> he helped like fund fun the habit and, and fund the addiction so but yeah like I said I just I'm, I'm going on 24 now and so it's something that just continued and I I see myself, you know, doing it uh, until I can't anymore and even passing the hobby down to my kids. So, yeah. <laughs> Kate Sanchez also has a similar experience. She's a 26-year-old gamer living in Austin and is part of the streaming channel for her podcast, But Why Though? I've been a gamer since, I guess, my mom put Lara Croft in front of me. So, 
just like set the scene a little bit like having a console was like a huge deal like in my family at large and then like for us I'm a, I'm a December baby so my mom saved up all year because she saw the Lara Croft game and she was like well my daughter really loves Indiana Jones this is a woman on the cover holy crap I have to buy this for her um, so she saved up that entire year to get me a PlayStation um, with the first two Lara Croft games and um, Spyro which is a really big difference from each other <laughs> but um, that that was my entrance into gaming I mean I had played like um, arcade games and like fighter like just regular fighters um, a lot as a kid because my cousin had that on his whatever version of Nintendo that was uh, like more, a lot of Mortal Kombat and stuff but so far as the like Lara Croft is Lara Croft Tomb Raider the very first one is the first game that I ever played through without any help by myself um so it's kind of why I'm here today. I have a lanyard that I use at work um, that I got at PAX East and it's uh, all the Laras around it like every single version and it was the 20th anniversary edition uh one from square enix and i almost fought someone for that <laughs> watching streamers is a new concept for me i've done it a handful of times i watched the recent fortnite stream with jake and professional streamer ninja and what i took from it was that it kind of reminded me of people watching in public places and now that i think about it that's literally what it is <laughs> Um, so I had to ask Pika Chulita, what was it that got her into streaming? Um, well, I first got my PS4 in, I believe, 2014, I think. Yeah, in 2014. Mm -hmm. And I think right before I got my PS4, um, I found out that, you know, people would like play um, or stream themselves playing games online or like record themselves and then upload it mm -hmm. um kind of as like a live stream or just as like a, a pre-recorded video um which is now like those sorts of videos have been dubbed as let's plays but i found out about those and i was like okay this is this is really cool um and i wasn't even looking at it from like a fame or money kind of perspective i was just like this would be fun and like entertaining to do and so yeah. not too soon after i got my ps4 um i just decided to stream one day and at this time I didn't have a camera and stuff so people could only see my my gameplay they couldn't actually see me and you know it was mm -hmm. mostly like my people like I knew um like actual friends of mine so you know I maybe had like two people watching and at the time I didn't really know about like talking and being interactive it was just kind of you know me like just it's I was almost like the equivalent to me just sitting at home playing a game like just being kind of yeah. fairly quiet uh, maybe with the occasional cuss word or something here and there but um I I did it I I that was when it took off and I did it for years but I wasn't consistent about it because I was in college um and mm. it was just you know obviously with school coming first and I was also working um I couldn't take it seriously like in turn I wanted to take it seriously but I just didn't have time I would like right. stream for like two three four days in a row and then I would go MIA for like few weeks or a month or two and mm -hmm. then I'd come back and um then once I graduated college in you know December 2016 um I was like okay I'm actually gonna take this seriously and start being consistent about it now that I've got time because I don't have to worry about school right now so basically um kind of like spring I want to say spring of last year after I got over a, a bad breakup um 
I came back. Mm-hmm. And since then, I have been very consistent about it. And in the more recent um, weeks, about the past month or so, I have developed a consistent streaming schedule when, when life doesn't come and, you know, get too busy like it has this past week because I haven't streamed at all this yeah. week. Um, but, yeah, I, I've – since since last month or so, I've, I've developed a – a consistent streaming schedule and so yeah so I've been I've technically been going at it for almost uh probably about three and a half years now but yeah going on going on three and a half but I didn't like I said I didn't start being consistent about it until last year so yeah um and like for someone who is listening and has like no idea what the like the appeal would even be to to watching streamers and other stuff how would you kind of like explain it to them um, to be honest with you, <laughs> I kind of wonder the same thing myself because I was, <laughs> I don't know what I was doing the other day. I, I don't know who I was talking to, but I just mm-hmm. realized like, I just, I realized how like kind of corny and stuff I can be and like just, just my nature. Like, I think I have a really good personality. Don't get me wrong, but like, I kind of just look back and I realize, and I, I think I remember tweeting this out. I think this, yeah, this was the other day where I was like. I really appreciate like my my viewers and my followers on Twitch because you guys just sit there for hours and watch me play the game and I probably wouldn't even watch me to be honest. So I'm like, I I just I was like shout out to you guys for doing it because like sometimes I look at myself like like why are you like this? Why why like why do people watch you? You're weirdo. You're just you're like you know things like that. Like I'm I'm shocked that people actually find me entertaining. In my conversation with Kate Sanchez, I explained how I found Stream, the needle in the haystack of male white streamers. And how it was like late one night, I was up like janitoring my own house, like, at, you know, and um, I, I was like, wait, how am I'm like always saying the same, not the same guys, but the same type of guys. It was all, you know, beard white dudes. Guys. Yeah, beard, beard of white, white dudes, dudes or yeah. And I was just like one after the other and I'll, I'll watch Overwatch a lot too since I like especially know what's going on in there because um, I play it. But I was like, I can't find anybody. I found finally one woman of color. And I was like, what, what, like what, what, what? Like now my question is what, um, what would your best guess be in why there's not a lot of re- representation for women of color streamers? Um, on Twitch, specifically Twitch. Yeah, so um, it's funny because in our house, we kind of only watch men of color and it's just because they we, we love them, like DJ Tech, DJ Knight, Gassy Mexican. Like we watch, like those are the guys that we watch and it, it's like, that's just how it happened. And it, and like it wasn't even something I was thinking about because I actually watch Twist, Twitch less than my partner. Um, partner's a white dude. Um, and he's just, I don't know, these are, these are like, these are the, the best streamers we know. Like, those are the only streamers we sub to. They're the only streamers that we, like, put on for whatever. Um, when it comes to women of color, however, I mean, like, there, there are some out there. Um, but in the early stages, one of the things, like, DJ Knight is the first black, um, black streamer to get partnered. Um, and that happened, he had to put in a lot more work than a lot of the other partners. Um, and I think why women of color tend to be partnered less is just because of, you know, this westernized standard of beauty, right? Specifically a U.S. standard of beauty. Um, it works against them, unfortunately. Um, I, I think it's changing now. So what Twitch has done is they've actually changed everything to have very strict rules and a path forward. So once you hit all those boxes, you become a partner. Um, there's no longer any subjectivity in it. It's just you have to do it. But to do that, you have to pull in viewers. Um, so you you do have to. It, 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 
unfortunately, Twitch has gotten to a size. I mean, fortunately, but also unfortunately, it's gotten to a size where there's a lot more competition for viewership. And that's hard to maintain. Um, and it can be for a whole number of reasons. I don't want to say everything is because they're women of color. Um, but I do know that Twitch started out with um, white women, skinny white women with, you know, uh, who do accentu- accentuate their bust. Um, and that, that, that's where it came out of. Um, and so to fight against that, it's an uphill battle. And then Twitch is getting a lot better, but every year there are still panels. How do you monitor your, your stream as a marginalized streamer? How do you build a community as a marginalized streamer? What can we do to make Twitch better for a marginalized streamer? And it, it's gotten to the point where it's like, it's the same damn song, but you all aren't really like, they're listening, but when they got bought by Amazon, a lot of the listening kind of stopped. Um, there's a lot that they could do and a lot that's a lot harder to manage. Um, it's not necessarily the company's fault there. I mean, can I cuss or? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. There are a whole bunch of assholes out there. Like, they're going to be dicks. Like, that's the reality. And so to keep up with that, um, the good thing that's happened is a lot of Twitch staff have, um, I, I saw it specifically happen at TwitchCon. There's a woman in color. Um, her name's Saint Spider. Um, she got to 500 followers and she was growing and then she had one really bad night in chat. Um, having to deal with racist stuff because like Twitch doesn't have a lock on your IP where they can say okay this IP is for this one email address or this you know so you can go in and you can make 10 different accounts and you can name those accounts whatever you want as long as it can get past the filters people will try to do whatever they can so she had a really bad night and she talked about it and um, after that a Twitch staff member came up and said this is my handle friend me and I will come in and I will mod your chat. So like there is a lot of community support. However, the structure has just been hard to gain that visibility because of who's already existing there and who you have to compete with, which it's hard. Like coming in as a new partner, having to compete with somebody who has, you know, you know, somebody like Ninja, you know, like that, that's just like, that's a mountain (laughs) to climb. Um, But luckily I do think from the community aspect, I'm going to be honest, I've never felt more accepted as a con than when I was at TwitchCon. And it was amazing. And I actually did meet a lot of content creators of color. And, you know, I think more and more we are becoming more vocal. Um, Twitch has been doing great at during Black History Month. They only had black streamers on the main page. Um, for Mother's Day, they only had mothers on the main page. Like they're doing really, they're, they're trying some things. It's just keeping the chat safety. That's where they're really lacking. I actually reached out to Twitch for comment, and I got a statement back. I'll read part of it. We offer a full suite of moderation tools that allow creators to ban specific words, links, and even ban or timeout individuals from their chat. On top of that, we offer AutoMod, which employs machine learning and natural language processing to identify and block inappropriate content from appearing in chat. AutoMod features AutoMod features four preset levels to filter out several categories of potentially abusive language, identity language, sexually explicit language, aggressive language, and profanity. The higher the level, the more strict the filtering. So Twitch is taking measures in addressing harassment on their platform, but you don't have to be a streamer to be in the crosshairs of sexist comments. Why do the female characters, or why do the female, like, humans always play the female characters? Like, they're always playing Mercy. (laughs) Like, they can't play games and be good at them. That's true. 
That's true. So they just like pick the hottest girl characters to like look good for them. Hey, that's a metro, baby. Hey, don't. This isn't sexual harassment. This is gender equality. You sexist hey, what here, sir. You un underprivileged white millennial. Kill yeah, yourself. this is about equality. That's why I voted for Hillary Clinton. Yeah, dude. She lucky probably did. No, that's the funny thing. I'm gonna die, guys. If I die here, that's racism, sexism. No, I'm dead. That was audio recorded from the Team Chat channel of the popular game Overwatch and was posted onto the YouTube channel Fractions of a Penny by a female gamer. It, it, gaming and streaming is like a really weird thing to be a woman and then specifically to be a woman of color is a... Uh, that's just... Not only do you get attacked in your chat for being a woman, you also get attacked for being brown. I find playing Overwatch to be really fun and enjoyable. It's a team-based first-person shooter game with a variety of characters with different abilities to choose from. And like any good team, winning involves communication. Depending on the type of mode you pick, your match could have high stakes like in competitive mode where you are ranked or low stakes like in arcade mode where you just played to get experience points. In a conversation that me and Pikachulita had off mic, we both confessed to only playing arcade mode for fear of the toxicity that you heard earlier. Me and Kate also talked about the lows of game chat as well. More games are moving towards group play, um, and there are more ways to get into groups outside of game chat. So, like when I was when I was a, a young gamer, um, um, not that I'm old, but like when I was I mean gaming a years like ten, um, playing like I stopped playing first person shooters because of rape threats, because of um, harassment on my gender. Um, and not my race because you can't tell which is one of the good things um, but I did not want to hear how somebody was going to come in my house and rape me every day that is what game chat is it's extremely toxic um, and you, if you look at something like CSGO which is a really popular um, and esports based game um, they don't really have a report feature you can report somebody for hacking and cheating you can't report them for being a dick to you um, and that's a problem there is a lot when it comes to TOS that they don't take into consider harassment. Um, so terms of service, um, which are things that your accounts can get banned for, uh, banned, you get, like you can get banned on Twitch for taking shots for money, but somebody can come here and use racial slurs and their, their account's fine because um, it, it takes just a lot more. Uh, reporting. And so far as like the gaming industry itself, I think that we have more options to build communities and stay within those communities we're not forced to necessarily like when i stream over like overwatch um is a shooter it's the first shooter i've played in a really really long time um and i play PUBG. like those are two games that if i was in channel chat um the you know, party chat with like whoever was playing in the game like that could go really bad i haven't experienced it because i'm not going to open myself up to it because i've been down that road um, but because i have a discord and i have a community play to play with um, we're able to have our own private conversations closed off with each other and they're and fortunately like gaming is getting cheaper it's becoming more there, there's higher availability there are more genres of game um, there are more things for more people to get interested in um, and it's not just like your stereotypical gamer anymore like there are people you would never think would be gamers gaming and like 
building your friend base to help support you in that's great. But at the end of the day, like I should be able to go into voice chat. Like if I have to, like I shouldn't just be relegated to play Overwatch when my friends are online, um, which is what happens a lot of the time. Like people get salty and people get mean. Like that's, it happens. Um, but I mean, like overall, like from when I was playing, it, it's gotten a lot. I have more tools to use. Like I have more tools to protect myself. Um, so where the industry has failed in a sense, has failed in areas, other, um, other devices and tools have come up to meet that and to fill that need, um, which is a strong business plan. Um, and then so far as like, you know, what, what, uh, what tools are you talking about? Specifically Discord. The beauty of Discord, like it is everything. It's a video chat. It's a voice chat. It's a channel. I'm in like 11 so if I can't find anybody in my personal discord I can jump into any of the other discords and see if anybody wants to play there um like it's like discord in of itself has given me like kind of what I needed to get back into playing and and like getting competitive at playing because I just stopped doing that like I just played co-op games with my partner that like that that's just what we did um and so so to be clear um so discord is like this chat that you've that you've built like of people and friends you know and when you want to play something like Overwatch, which has a six-person team competitive, um, which if you're only one person and you want to go play competitive, you have to play with a bunch of randos. Yeah. Um, and sometimes, like if you know things aren't going right, they'll get salty, they'll get mean, and they'll get abusive. So instead of taking your risks with doing playing with randos, you'll rather go into Discord, see if you can get people that you already know who want to play at that time, and then get on computer p yeah, computer. yeah. yeah uh, PC. pc so you'll you'll get on and uh together and play together as a team yeah okay yeah and it'll be a small even if i just have one other person like we'll stay in there and it sucks when you're playing and you don't have a full team because there is some like there's not a lot of cohesion and you might lose just because nobody knows where everybody's going but like we've actually had the opposite problem where we have so many people that want to play um, like that's why we've been playing Overwatch because we uh, PUBG is only for a uh, four four man team, um, and we usually have six or seven people that want to jump on and play. Um, so I've been lucky enough to ha- be in part be in different communities that want to play games. Um, so like that, that's pretty much what we do. And I didn't have that back then. Like you could do the party system on Xbox and stuff like that, but that required like only the friends that you already knew and have added to be on there. That's it. And it was a lot of like just who you knew. Now Discord, you can make chat invites and you can invite people from anywhere. They just have to have the link to come in, which can be problematic as I explained earlier. Um, but by and large, like we just put out there like, hey guys, we made a Discord, come join us. And people joined. And and that is just really, really cool, you know? And without that, I honestly don't think I'd be playing the games that I'm playing now because it, I've just had such a horrible experience with them, um, which I think is why a lot of women aren't in esports is because you have to have, you have to be able to put in that time in, in competitive, um, but to put in that time with competitive in competitive, you have to be able to withstand a lot of that abuse because a lot of the times competitive gameplay, you have to talk. Um, which means you're, you're entering that space. Like it, it's like any other thing in the world. You just got to walk around different, which sucks, but it sucks because you're more susceptible to that in video games than you are walking down the street. 
you know people people feel emboldened by you not knowing who they are um whether it's twitter or twitch like trolls and like this like cultural thing of trolling is just people find power in that and people exploit it and like there are people there are people who i'm sure who have called me names that i'm sure they would not tell me on the street or if i knew who they were um and i mean it's it's one of those things where it's kind of like you shouldn't have to go through it but if i can help you be prepared to handle it like that that's the stage we're in we're in the stage in okay these are the different things that i use to mod my chat i have this bot i you know you know here come into my discord you can play with me i'll play with you um you know these are the these are the games that i avoid these are you know like you have to have a laundry list of stuff and you only learn it after those things have happened um but the good thing is is that online communities you can reach out like we have a streaming 101 channel in our discord where we just talk about like different methods of streaming modding all those types of things um and so now if you are having problems you can reach out um but that also just means that like after that things happen you haven't completely been discouraged from like staying in that community um so i think by and large like the trolls are small but they're active enough to kind of discourage people but i think that there are more it from when I was playing console games in like, I don't know, I guess like 2006 up, um, probably within the, like up until like probably 20, 20, I don't know, 2013, 2014, um, like there was a lot of, there was a lot more you had to do on your own. Um, and so now like you don't have to do it alone. Um, and I think that like that, and that's one of the things is like when you come from a marginalized community, you automatically assume you're alone even when you're not. Um, so like, I mean, if anybody's listening to this and they want to get into gaming and you have a bad experience, like just at me and I will come in and I will help you. I will mod your channel. I will like everybody at the end of the day just wants to play games like most of the time the reason people be, turn like dicks is because they suck and they don't like acknowledging that they suck like that <laughs> um but at the end of the day they just want to play a game too um you just have to you know there are better people out there and you know i'll help you find them if you want um so um and i guess i kind of wanted to know like what what role do you think um that all this kind of toxicity toxicity comes from do you think it it stems from this toxic masculinity that's just stemmed throughout society do you think it's just it's that plus the anonymity (laughs) um like what where where do you feel like this all comes from this like not it's not just nerd rage because nerd rage is just being like you know, just being mad is, it's oh, like, yeah. I get nerd rage. I've told my, like, I've told my healer to fuck off so many times. <laughs> like, like that, that's nerd rage. Um, that, that angry rage though, that's like pure anger or and just hateful rage like that. I mean, overall, that's something that we've been conditioned in a society that like, you don't say to people's faces, like, especially in the South, I think Texas technically is in the South, but you know, like it, people are nicely racist. Um, people like, you know, bless your little heart, you know, and you know how condescending that is. Um, but online, like you have all of these flurries of like 
I think the fact that Trump can say whatever he wants to say, specifically about Mexicans and and Latino um, Latinos and Chicanos and like all these things, like we fall into this category that like a president says these things about us. Um, so of course the public's gonna say it. Like it ramps it up. Like it gives more ammunition to the people who are already hateful. Um, and online, because there are no ramifications, you can be as hateful as you want. And, like, a lot of the times, like, I question whether, like, this person really does, like, hate me that much or if they're just bored. And, like, it's, I, I mean, like, obviously toxic, toxic masculinity comes into this, comes into play because in gaming culture, like, getting called the pussy or, like, it was an insult to get killed by, by a pink, uh, a pink Spartan in Halo, like, we use femininity to attack people that we think are less than um, in gaming. Like, and it's, it's been done for a long time. And like that is problematic and it fuels this hatred and this feeling that like, if a girl, if a woman, if a girl beats me, then like I don't have any status in that community. And like any other community, like you want to be the best player. You want to be the leader on the kill board. You want to have a great KDR. And if a woman kills you, well, that's somehow worse than a guy. And that's because like, even though a lot of us are anonymous online, it's been reinforced that getting beat by a girl. I mean, we hear this growing up, like, you know, you throw like a girl, you know, you can't let a girl beat you. Like, all that stuff is in how they act and it, it's a hard cycle to break unless like you think women are your equals. That's, you know, that, that's the thing. Think we're humans. Don't think we're less than you. Um, Cause then it doesn't matter if I killed you, like whether I killed you or like Raider 25 kills you. Like I'm not gonna, I actually found my femininity through gaming because I wasn't going to, I hated the color pink. I hated it. I wouldn't wear it ever. Now, everything I have is pink. Everything. Um, and I will make sure that people know who I am. And in a way, I'm overly aggressive because I don't care if you, like, I've heard it all. Just call me at, okay, mute, bye. Like, I mean, I'll cry. I, I, I may cry about it to my partner every now and then, but like I'm, I'm starting to get a thicker skin. And like, I found my femininity through gaming because I did like being somebody, like I wasn't gonna let somebody tell me being feminine was wrong. And I especially wasn't gonna have that done in like my favorite arena. Um, I mean, I, like I, it's weird. It's this weird thing. Cause like part of the time you wanna be anonymous and you don't want people to know you're a woman. The other part of the time, it's like, you know what? I'm not gonna hide that. I'm going to like what I like. And you know what? Yeah, I killed you. Get over it. That's it. If you can't get back up, that's your fault, not mine. Um, I mean, I also play a tank. So, like, I have a lot less responsibility than, like, an ADC or, or, or a healer, which is nice. Um, but I, like, I mean, I can imagine, like, I just started playing Overwatch. So if I knew if I have gone into there with other teams, I'm running around like a dumbass. I'm, like, charging off the damn cliff half the time because I don't know how that thing works. I only have one character that I play well with. Um, but that ability to fail is only provided to me because I have a safe community. Um, that ability to fail isn't really there in other games because people like get really competitive. Um, but yeah, I like killing you in pink armor. I don't care anymore. You're going to call me it regardless. Like you're already a dick. Like, you're just, like, it, it's not going to change it. So I'm not going to hide who I am.
Um, I find it really interesting that you also like have avoided um, uh, like a, a party chat uh, because I have too, and I would only play. I, I would play with a friend of mine, and then he would either pull in another person or we go in, you know, together. And you know, he'd always be like, "All right, well, I'll, let's get in the party chat." I'm like, "Okay, okay," you know what I mean? Yeah. And um, he's always been really like great and supportive and stuff like that. And luckily, in those, uh, we played Destiny together, and then we moved to Overwatch. And, um, you know, like, it, it was fun, and luckily we didn't, you know, encounter a lot, but it was always in the back of my mind. And I won't do it alone by myself. And I was talking to um, another streamer, and she was saying she, like, does the same thing. She's like, oh, I just p play Mystery Heroes, and, like, that's it, and that's fine. And I mean, and I'm like, I still do that, too. And I'm, so I'm, I'm like, glad to know, but also it bums me out, too. You yeah, know? like, this is just how we exist, and it, you're right, it sucks, um, but you're not alone in doing it, like we all do. Video games allow gamers to be anonymous, but as a video game streamer, in order to build your community, you have to put yourself out there, and that comes with issues. Just type in swatting video into a search engine, and you'll see the links that, well, actually, I'll just do it here for you. Pretty done. I'm so I'm doing awful right now. Look at this. On the screen, you see a woman with the name Jess under her face, playing a game on her PC and streaming it and herself as she plays. She then leaves to answer the door, and all you see is an empty chair. You only see the arm of an officer and shadows and a flashlight moving around. But it's clear things could have been worse. Living room's clear. I'm gonna... Hey, y'all in the back. We're opening the back door. It's us. Got it. She's playing Black Ops 2. She said they're streaming. Telling Jack. It was yeah. a joke. But no, she's... And they're watching us. Yeah, yeah, you're trying to call me? Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, they're freaking... Everybody's watching us. They're talking about it. That's what she was telling Jack. She said it's a joke. They're streaming y'all and watching y'all. Where the fuck did it come from? In 2017, just a couple of days after Christmas, unsuspecting Andrew Finch opened his front door to a Wichita SWAT team and was fatally shot. The 28-year-old father, too, is the first swatting death on record. So I had to ask Kate, what safety concerns does she have as a streamer and as a streamer of color? Yeah, so it's one of those things that you don't think about until you have a rough night in chat. And then it's all you can think about. Like, I think when I first started streaming, because I streamed under my own handle for a while, and then as a podcast, then I stopped because I was growing the podcast, podcast grew, now we're doing this. Um, I had, like, I was lucky that I was able to get in touch with one of my co-hosts because my partner was asleep and I don't want to wake him up because I was just sitting there playing and I was trying to, you know, like, it's okay. Don't feed the troll. So I just like quietly texted my other co-host and was like, come here, come on my stream. It got extremely racist and it was essentially a chat raid. Um, and I didn't, so chat raids are either positive or negative. It's when somebody brings in a whole bunch of people into your chat and they usually do one thing. 
Um, so it can be great if you're getting hosted by another streamer and they spam their emojis and make you feel welcome. They follow you and, and it's a really positive experience or it can be really negative and you have trolls come in and just either spam the same thing multiple times or, or derivatives of the same thing. Um, like the border was brought up many times. Like it, it, it wasn't as bad as it could have. And this, it, it sucks that I, to, that I have to say that because like I've seen worse. Um, but I didn't want to stream after that. Um, and then this, before Infinity War came out, um, it wasn't racist or sexist. Like I saw the dude, we found him on Twitter and stuff. It could have been. Um, but like he, we set our chat filters him and three other people came in and kept like posting spoilers, spoiling the movie. Then they actually raided our Discord um, and started doing that. And so luckily, like I tried to make, like I maintained the stream while my partner, because we were streaming together at the time, just like tried to handle everything, ban everything, mod everything. Um, but that was the first time I had seen it as uh, they went after us on multiple platforms. Um, and I was like, I was happy that it wasn't like anything that was racially motivated or like motivated by my gender. Um, but in my head, all I kept thinking was, but it could have been that type of aggressive behavior and really like going at you at any way they can find. Like my partner and I had a long talk. OK, so what do we do? Like, obviously, we've said that we live in Austin on the podcast. Um, you know, how do we keep less information from getting out? Uh, Pax East, there was a panel, um, and it was mostly uh, people of color um, or LGBTQ+. Um, I think there was one, one straight woman, but a uh, white woman. Uh, but they, they, were, they talked about their experiences with doxing. And unfortunately, it, it comes to this point where, like, people will watch your streams to get any sort of information on you. And, like, we've, I think we've talked about it on an episode before where, like, my partner, Matt, he's just like, there's, it's not hard anymore. It's not hard to find information on someone. Um, and so that's it's something you're aware of. It's something you're scared of. Uh, swatting is, swatting and doxing are two things that are terrify me. Um, but it's one of those things, like, I stream differently than he streams. He streams, it doesn't matter if I go to the other room and don't mod it. Like, he just, like, that's just how it is. Um, me, I stream, I want to make sure I have at least one person there to mod my chat to make sure that everything's going okay. Um, and it's hard when you're a small streamer because you don't really, like, I think we have, like, 95 followers right now. Um, so, like, when our chat's active, it's great, it's awesome, and then you have to hope that your one mod, who are, we, who are our hosts, uh, can keep up with that flow. And then my, my other co-host is a man of color, and so it's like, okay, well, that might come up. Like, it's just being aware and, like, having each other's back when it's happening um, and before it happens. But, like, for us, like, we talked about making sure we don't have any personal information. And, like, it's, and it's small things like, oh, did you go to the Wendy's? Okay, I know they, they live next to a Wendy's in Austin. Like, people are that obsessive. Um, and that's what um, the panel at PAX East was talking about. It was like, don't wear shirts that have like a high school name that if it's close to your house or the same city, you know, don't try not to talk about local events just because, you know, people can narrow it down to an area. Um, and like that, it's a terrible way to live. Like you can't just talk. You can't just share your experiences. Um, and it's, it's, it's yeah, it, it's terrifying. It's something you have to, you have to plan for. Um, I mean, and then, but you would definitely have people that would argue, well, it's your choice to put yourself out there. It's your choice to have the stream and participate in Switch, uh, Switch participate in Twitch. Um, so how would you like counteract those, those opinions? 
Yeah, so it's my prerogative to do that. I should also have everything to ban you from my channel if you're going to bring that in there. And when I mean ban, I mean you can't watch me, you can't view me, you can't keep coming into my chat with different names. Um, that's cool. I did choose to partake in Twitch. Um, that other person's choosing to be a dick. Um, so I need to be able to sit them down if they're not going to sit down by themselves. And unfortunately, um, this is one of the reasons why Mixer, which is, the, which is another streaming service, is starting to pick up more because they've actually um, done a lot more with their TOS that has really hard bands that, that actually empowers a lot of creators to mod their channels a lot safer. I mean, I've been in a chat where somebody has like donated money and then the auto message was, I'm going to find you. And it's like, that's terrifying. Whether they mean it or not, that's terrifying. So I chose to take part in the platform, but like any platform, I should have every right to protect myself within that realm. Um, and that's, unfortunately, that's not the nature of Twitch. Um, not at right now. Um, they have made vast improvements from before, but it's, it's hard. And like on top of that, you choose to go to work and your coworker harasses you. Well, you chose to be in that workplace. Like, is that fine that your coworker's harassing you? No, it's not. And uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, unfortunately, it's, I did choose it. I'm aware of it and I do everything in my power to protect myself. Um, but to do that, I do need those tools. Mm -hmm. So like, yeah. Well, yeah, and it's, and it's one of those things like, like you were saying, your partner, who's a white man, doesn't feel the need to have a have to have a mod there. But you, as a woman of color, do. And in and in that sense, that's almost discriminatory. You know what I mean? Like it's more, yeah. it's more situational. You know yeah. what I mean? There's not specific rules in place to prevent you know to prevent that or to to you know disenfranchise you. Yeah. But just the way the internet has kind of developed, yeah. that's how it is. Kate's concerns aren't about paranoia. On January 26th, here in Austin, a 23-year-old man drove from his home in Albuquerque to the home of YouTube stars Megan Turney and Gavin Free. The man, Christopher Giles, shot out a window in the couple's house, according to the Associated Press, then, with the intent of killing Megan's partner, Gavin, entered the house. The couple woke up, called the police, and hid in a closet until he left. As he was backing out of the driveway, the police confronted him. There was a brief exchange of fire before Giles turned the gun on himself. Despite safety concerns, despite threats, despite harassment, people will continue to play video games. People will continue to stream, and that includes women of color as well. And for me, as someone who enjoys playing video games, I'm hopeful that big companies like Twitch, like Blizzard, who owns Overwatch, will continue to make strides in addressing these issues. But for Kate, there's only one thing that big companies need to do. Listen. <laughs> like, that's it. Listen. Like, if you don't have a, you know, say you're doing a Latinx character, if you don't have, like, a, a, um, like a Latinx writer or designer, you're not going to know how that person should look. There's a whole bunch of different types of browns and you can mess that up real quick. Um, and, and it goes as far into like character creation. Like you should have somebody who mo more games are moving away from solo play. Like Xbox released one exclusive. It was a team game that you can character, you can um, 
uh, customize your character. So like they don't have those solo titles that like Sony's putting out. Um, so we are moving toward more towards a you make your character type thing. So everybody will see themselves, which is really cool. Um, it's a, it, I kind of think it's a cop out in some ways, um, but you know behind that like you need to be able to make features that do have people represented and you're only going to know that if those people are in the room or at the very least you're listening like ideally like do your work to get people in those rooms because there are a lot of people waiting to tell stories the game industry is something that is booming go to pax east pax west pax west or um pax south and san antonio south by southwest gaming there are a whole bunch of indie game indie game devs and there are a whole bunch of diverse indie game devs that are just waiting to get picked up and they all have skills um and I think because the industry is young, I do think we are gonna move towards that. I mean, like look at a game like Overwatch put out by one of the largest publishers, by Blizzard. Like that game has everybody. We're talking body shape is different, um, culture, background, and they do their work to make sure that it's accurate. That like, you can put that much into a game. You just have to care. So they need to care. They need to listen. Um, they need to hire. And like, those are the main three things. And if they do that, they're gonna go far. Um, I think Twitch has started, at least from what I've heard um, from larger streamers of color, um, you know, they do feel like they are having a back and forth with the company. Um, but I think like the largest thing too is to realize that your platform isn't just the partners, it's also the individuals and the small creators. Um, and, and they can get lost because you're going to end up with the same type of streamer if you're not empowering people who are already marginalized by the communities that they're, that they're in and where their identities intercede. Um, and you have to be aware of that and you have to empower even the smallest creator. And if that smallest creator feels empowered, the better chance for, there's a better chance for them to move up and show that you know, showcase and be that like, you know, that big time streamer as a woman of color. Um, like they, they, they need to listen, they need to hire. Um, yeah, I mean, they, it's not hard people. It's not like, just think things through. Like, you know what we do? We do arguments. Like when we think about stuff on the podcast, we're like, okay, well, what could somebody do that to counter this? Like what, like what is something negative that somebody might say, which sounds stupid, but you have to be ready for that. Otherwise you don't know how to handle it. So if you don't have somebody in that room saying, you know, this may go, you know, it with a more homogenous group, like if there's a whole bunch of bearded white men, of course, bearded white men are going to have all the things that they need. Um, you need somebody to bring up that conversation in the room. Like, well, actually, like they're not, they may not just harass and chat, they may go change their screen name. Um, and I think one of the best things is to look at Twitch. So TwitchCon streams all of their panels. The chats during the diversity ones are horrible. Um, there is proven data there. You have VODs now that record chat. There, there is everything to put in place as stronger bans on people. Um, but, you know, money. Yeah. What do you mean about money? Do you mean like Twitch is just not putting the money that's needed behind that? Or do you mean, what do you Twitch mean? Twitch likes money. They're owned by Amazon. Um, big company, I use Amazon Prime, so I'm not like, <laughs> but it's the bottom line. Like you don't have to be logged in to watch Twitch and your email doesn't have to be verified to make an account. Those are two things that if you change them, you lose a large part of your viewership. Um, but on top of that, you actually make your streamers safer 
and they're not going to prioritize safety over viewership. They don't get as much ad revenue because if you're not logged in or you don't have a Twitch Prime account, ads play. That's money. Um, so they have to value people's safety over money and it, it's a company. Unfortunately, like that's, that's just the reality of it. You know, it, it sucks to say, um, but that's, that, that's the biggest gap. And I, I wouldn't say that necessarily like there's like nobody is out to go get the small creators of color, but because they're not actively thinking about how to protect us, we're the ones that end up, you know, in that mess a lot of the time. So it's, you know, yeah, money. <laughs> Thanks to Kate Sanchez. You can check out Kate's podcast, But Why Though, and follow them on Twitter and Twitch at But Why Though PC. And special thanks to Katie Thompson, a.k.a. Pikachulita. We uh, had some technical difficulties and part of our fun conversation couldn't be included. Um, she also co-hosts a podcast called Coins to Continue. And you can follow her on Twitter or on Twitch at Pikachulita. Also, on a serious note, want to give her a big audio hug as well. Her brother was in an accident recently and everyone here at Chinguana is hoping for a swift recovery and keeping you and your family in our thoughts. The music we used in this episode and the handles for our guests are in the show notes. Don't forget to like and share and comment on iTunes. And for the full statement from Twitch, follow us on Instagram at Chinguana Podcast. And that's it. I'm Kristen Cabrera. Thank you so much. Until next time. Bye, chingonas.